Six you're feet. not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Okay. Yeah. Are you? Welcome to Too Much Dip. And let me be the first to wish everyone out there a very happy Thanksgiving week. Dylan. Can't keep doing that, man. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. No one does Thanksgiving week. My name is Dave. Uh, in studio with me, live, in person, with a mizzen and main hat, it's Dylan. Jivery. Okay. Hey, everybody. Very, very happy <laughs> That's to be it? here. That's it? I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I'm in first place in fantasy football. If you want, want to talk uh, fantasy football. Yeah, we lineups, definitely do. Playoffs coming up. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, yeah. Let's let's get it going. I'm, I'm, KJ's not here, but I feel like he's next to me. If I can feel his presence. You can feel him just towering over you. Yeah. Just dwarfing you in size. Hey, KJ. Live via the miracle of satellite or internet, it's KJ. Well, hello there. Thank you, Dylan. And... Um... Well, the people may or may not care about your fantasy football, they probably do care that you are uh, also in first place when it comes to overall record in our season-long dip picks. It is, uh, things are looking up for your boy. Let me say that. Your boy's back in business over here, too. I'm I'm still in last. You know what I didn't realize until... I'm not uh, the worst. Until maybe a couple weeks ago is that the punishment applies to everyone below the guest score i thought it was just last place amongst us but um only if we all beat the guests oh okay uh so yeah we're just gonna pass that thing around is that the, is that how this is gonna work uh you know as somebody who spent quite a bit of time in last place <laughs> i've been trying to think of uh potential buyout options that uh you know people would accept and would think uh were you know palatable equitable uh, so we'll have to discuss some of those. I think maybe hooking in a charity uh, charity aspect might might really be the play. But okay. we've got some time. We've got like six or seven weeks. We carry this bad boy all the way through NFL playoffs. Okay. I got time. We have time to make David, it. David, I appreciate you wishing us happy Thanksgiving week. May I ask you a question that was asked in a, uh, in a work meeting of mine the other day? Uh, just something you're thankful for. Ooh, are you trying to do an impromptu thank bank? Um, it was an impromptu thank bank, and I'm curious to know what your generic answer might be because I guarantee it's not the one that I received. Um, yeah, I am thankful for um, my, my beautiful wife who has provided me with a son and just, uh, just my entire family and the love of family and friends. And in addition to those family and friends, um, my coworkers – Oh, okay. <laughs> Different category, huh? No, seriously. I, I look. I'm just. I'm thankful for um, all the ladies out there, all the fellas out there. To oh. quote a line from my third grade uh, Thanksgiving project, I am thankful for my friends because one of them drives a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> Shout out, rest in peace, Miss Phillips. Okay. What were you thankful for? Well, I'll tell you what my answer wouldn't be because. Uh, you know, while I don't talk about my actual day job that often, this comment stopped me down so bad I had to turn off my camera in the middle of a meeting to be able to laugh off camera. I forgot to mute the microphone. Um, when asked, naming something that they're thankful for, this person said, you know, um, I'm, I'm thankful for my family. I'm, I'm blessed to kind of have what you'd call, you know, an all-American family. And, okay. you know, when every, everywhere you look around, and you see so much divorce, you know, and estrangement uh, and drug addiction. You know, I'm, I'm just really grateful. You know, my family is just kind of normal. And that was the end. And I'm like, what? Wow, <laughs> okay. dude. Nice flex. A little Thanksgiving flex, hey? Congrats, congrats I, on I, your nuclear family. I, I couldn't. I had no idea. I know that wasn't the intent, but it wasn't the execution, and I'm still just completely floored having heard that. So if, if you've ever battled with uh, with addiction or anything like that, like uh, you can just fuck off, basically. <laughs> basically, this guy doesn't have that problem. So, so man, since that's, apparently that's, that's you guys aren't thankful for this other group, I will go ahead and and point out that I'm very thankful for our listeners. 
Boom. our followers, our supporters of the podcast. Without them, we couldn't do all this. So, Well, that's interesting because I actually already thanked them. because they clearly didn't cross your mind. They did because I consider them all to be friends. <laughs> uh, okay. so they're your friends, but I, your coworker, I didn't not. say you. I was talking about uh, Randy. I'm kidding. And he's just catching strays. No, Mike. No, look. Look, everybody out there. I'm a friend of everyone. Most people, except for terrorists. Everyone except for terrorists. Correct. Okay. KJ, who aren't you friends with? Uh, I am not friends with people who feel it's appropriate to uh, retweet journalists who are reminding me that uh, my, my favorite college football team's head coach is likely going to take a job with their rival. Is, is that why you were screaming, fuck Newey Scruggs in the group text? <laughs> yeah. Newey Scruggs, of course, is a, a, a local sports anchor out of Dallas, NBC5, DFW, I believe. Right? Is he still with NBC? Yep. And he had a KJ out of the blue goes, by the way, if you're ever with me and we see Newey Scruggs, remind me to say fuck Newey Scruggs to him. Damn. And I went and looked at Newey Scruggs' timeline because I'm like, I don't know about this beef. And I saw he had a, a rather detailed tweet about Sonny Dykes leaving SMU for the crosstown hated rival TCU. And uh, I was like, oh, I didn't. I almost doubled back to the conversation, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to get him going. It's Saturday. He's having a good time. Yep. I was not having a good time on Saturday, but nevertheless, we'll get to that. Thankful for everything else but that. You guys want to talk some National Football League? Let's do it. I'm ready. Not much happened yesterday. I, in fact, I didn't watch any games. So if you guys want to just take it, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. Says here, uh, first first bullet point: the Chiefs beat up the beat up Dallas Cowboys. I figured I would pay proper respect. I think that um, based on the feedback from my timeline and the goings on on local North Texas uh, sports talk, there's a lot of hey, we have this many reasons to be disappointed, but we were also missing half our team. I'm not here to validate or invalidate those reasons or excuses. The Chiefs didn't look great. The Cowboys actually, you know, made some big plays. Mark, Mike Parsons is an absolute monster, but, you know, uh, I think the game, in my opinion, spoke for itself. But I am curious to know how somebody who is so well equipped to deal with games like this, uh, the none other than Dylan Shivery, who's a fan of uh, the University of Texas. How, how, how was your experience as a Cowboys fan? Jeez. You never want to see your team lose, right? Uh, the Chiefs are very good. We don't let's not forget that this is a very good football team that is almost completely intact from the, you know, incredible teams they've had the past couple of years. Uh, the defense played out of their minds. As far as losses go, on the scale of like alarming to okay, whatever. This is not an alarming loss for the Cowboys. Like you said, I mean, Amari was out. CD missed more than half the game. Of course, um, Tyron Smith was out. So the offense struggled, which was you don't want to see. Um, the defense played pretty well, though. Uh, the Chiefs didn't really go off like like they're very capable of doing. Michael Parsons played his dick off. Yeah, he's now uh, dickless. He's now dickless. Uh, I, I thought the Cowboys could pull it out. They didn't. I thought the offense would, would do better than they did. Um, but yeah, this is not an alarming loss for me. The, look, the Chiefs are—that's a good football team. It was at home, tough environment. They just—they was just played their best game of the season, so they had you know, they're they're cooking right now. And I think the defense held up pretty well, so I'm, I'm not completely down about what happened. I co-signed um, that game. I mean, that had all the looks of like 38-14 early on, but defense. Thanks in large part to Micah Parsons, who was basically their entire pass rush. Um, they were able to slow Mahomes enough, uh, create some havoc. Unfortunately, um, with the turnovers, they didn't convert any points on those. Um, it is not a it's not a Broncos loss. The Broncos loss is alarming. That's that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't just get smoked like that by a, a you know a fringe wild card team. Um, no offense, but. When you look at the schedule before the season, you're like, okay, they got to go to Arrowhead against Pat Mahomes. Like, I don't care if they're a 500 team, if they're six and five, whatever. That's still not going to be an easy game. The thing that worries me is the uh, inability to 
an ability to do anything without like the full complement of your offensive line. And like Terrence Steele, just you know, that's who they put on the. Well, he's playing left tackle. Like, dude, that guy Chris Jones is a monster, obviously, but like he was, he was just eating. And like you don't want to see that. You you know everybody talks about how Dak his numbers show that he's awesome against the blitz, and he had they had nothing for him. Um, you know his only weapon out there was really Michael Gallup, and I don't he's know missed man. all but two games on missed, the season. Yeah, it was bad, and you'd like to see a little bit more from Zeke, but again, they had no push on the O line, so I don't know, man. It it nope. sucks. I almost I looked at tickets on Saturday to see like or flights. I was like, how much would it be like a a, a day trip, Arrowhead, go to the game solo, fly back that night? Turns out very, very, very expensive. <laughs> very, it would have been a thousand dollar day for your boy, yeah. and I was not doing that. And really glad I didn't because that would have been deflating. But um, O line got worked. They got work, man. D line, yeah, like you said, Chris Jones was an absolute monster. Frank Clark uh, as well, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how good they actually are on the D line, but they looked like that was a different team, man. Their defense has been better the last few weeks, Kansas City, because they were very, very bad early on in the season. Like they look, they look like the Cowboy defense from last year, just guys out of position. Um, I don't know, man. It sucks that they have to turn around and play in three days on Thanksgiving, and you may be without CD. You're definitely without Amari. Um, You're going to be without Randy Gregory. I don't know when Demarcus Lawrence is coming back. Like, they are not deep, unfortunately. So, yeah, it could be – I would not be surprised if they lost this game Thursday. Um, I'm trying to search on the fly to see what could bring them – oh, of course – what could bring them hope to push through uh, this Thanksgiving, even with a uh, less than full staff team. And that's a halftime performance by none other than Luke Combs. So uh, you, you guys looking forward to that? No, Luke, Combs, <laughs> Luke Combs is like one of the most successful musicians in the world right now. He makes, he has like a thousand just pretty good songs on the radio Zero great ones. That's, um, that's where I fall in Luke Combs. He's it's like just good old boy beer drinking music, but I don't none of none of them are just great. I he, don't know. He played at the Players Championship uh, the year we went out there. He did. We watched him chunk one on seventeen. Uh, it was chunky. Yeah, big chunk. Um, yeah, no, I'm not excited. I mean, and look, and on the anniversary of the uh, of Creed of Creed's performance in two thousand one, the twenty year anniversary, like. Luke Combs doesn't move the needle for me. I, I at least I at least want if they're gonna go country, I want the guy who's gonna get up there and not really sing, but he's just gonna do more spoken word with like uh, a real basic like early two thousands beat and then like some steel drum some steel guitar playing, maybe some steel drums. I don't know. Um but yeah, I don't I don't like I, I don't I'm not gonna watch this. It'll be this'll be uh, when we eat dinner, I think. We're normally a halftime eating t- uh family. What if uh what if he plays his hit South on you? What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. But the uh, album cover for the single has a football on it. So maybe it means <laughs> two different things. And Beer Never Broke His Heart is another one. That's a good one, man. Dude, if, you, if you listen to just like any just like generic pop country music station on the radio, you will hear seven, seven different like Luke Combs songs in one hour. It's, it's wild how many songs he has out right now that are pretty popular. Yeah, I think I've heard Beautiful Crazy, which isn't a bad song, I believe. Um, but, you know, I, I won't be watching either. You know, the, the Cowboys Thanksgiving halftime show is a special, time, a special type of uh, performance hell. You know, we've been blessed with the likes of Megan Trainer in the past, as well as Creed, as you mentioned. So it, it's, it's always the time to, you know, let's get outside, go you know, play some football in the backyard type thing. Um, I'm glad you put this on the on the rundown, KJ, because uh, yeah. this man needs more love. I don't respect, or I guess I haven't been paying attention, so I really wanted to call myself out for it. Are either of you guys uh, proud owners of a fantasy football team that employs Jonathan Taylor? I am, as of two weeks ago, as um, my oh. my horse went down. His name is Derek Henry. Okay. And I didn't even propose this trade. One of my... One of my uh, other guys in my league did, and he gave he wanted uh, C.D. Lamb 
for Jonathan okay. Taylor. And I said, yeah, yeah, thank you. And he's been wow. absolutely going off. So thank you, Jonathan Taylor, and thank you, Michael, for making a dumbass trade. Is he is he uh, being wronged by the NFL community just because he plays in Indy? Like, yeah, if this dude plays in because he's he's a top three back in the league. I don't know if the numbers back that up, but based on my uh, my eye test, he's awesome and he's young and he's only getting better. And the Colts are competitive. He plays in Indianapolis. He's also just like a soft spoken, seemingly dude and doesn't really have um, other than his play on the field, like a bunch of star power. Seemingly. I don't know. He's, he is, does fire under the radar, but the dude is legit. Five five touchdowns, man. Are you saying that he's not the kind of guy that'll, as he's running into the end zone, point at the defender, or or maybe even uh, mimic a, a, an attack on a sideline with a, a weapon of war? That was kind of sick, but no, he's not that kind of guy. He's uh, he, the Barry Sanders, just hand it to the to the ref guy. Yeah, that's hey, that's the way it should be, man. Yeah, I do need to watch. Uh, I, I talked about it last week, but the hard knocks about the Colts in season came out, so. Uh, that's another guy I probably need to go check out more. But 204 total, total yards, five touchdowns versus Buffalo in Buffalo. Like, that's, you know, well fucking done, man. I, I guess at full health, all of the running backs, I put him, Christian McCaffrey, and Derrick Henry, like, you know, you take your pick there uh, on what you're looking for. Derek or Christian McCaffrey had a ridiculous play yesterday. I don't think it went very far, but basically did a hand, handstand and, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Got his feet cut out from under him, almost flipped up on his head, planted his hand down and kept the ball off the ground, got back to his feet and like continued forward progress. Like it was, it was ridiculous. Um, you talk about bad losses or losses that should alarm you. Uh, obviously the bills losing at home to the Colts and then uh, Titans, the Titans, the team that I think a lot of people were, you know that was that was your a- best team in the AFC a couple a couple weeks ago, after that Rams win, yeah. After the <laughs> dude, the Texans, man, what? Tyrod's back. He is back. I'm happy for him. It looks like they're gonna get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs if things go as scheduled. Week All 17. it means to me is uh, the AFC South hitting out of reach. So, oh wow, you want to give us a little rundown on your Jags? No, it's not good. It's ugly. It's very ugly because we're in competition with uh, this next team I wanted to mention because uh, it's the top of my list of places you could see Kellen Moore's, you know, teeth next year. The Seahawks are three and seven. Like they're right now fourth worst in the NFL. And Pete Carroll walked out of a press conference first time ever. He's done that yesterday. He's like 71 years old. He's uh, officially on my oh, he gone watch. He's officially on KJ's Oh, He Gone Watch. Mark that down. Okay. I mean, noted. I don't know. I, no, look. Uh, he, he is, I mean, is Russ even there next year? Like, do you just tear it all down? I think it depends on who you get. And I think if you get Kellen Moore with Russell Wilson at quarterback, that would be interesting. And you still have DK. Yeah. But if Pete Carroll's involved, you know it could be a controlled demolition. True. <laughs> because jet fuel, oh, you know, I got you. Will be that whole thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. I wrote down the Packers are down bad because their injury list is absurd. The Cowboys is bad, but the Packers might slightly be worse, uh, especially if you take into account, you know, Mari's COVID situation, Aaron Rodgers being out with COVID. Uh, but the Packers are missing something like they don't, the Cowboys don't have any season-long injuries. The Packers are missing a starting lineman. They've been without two of their top three receivers for like four or five games this year, um, some due to COVID, some due to injury. And then one or two players in the secondary are out for the year. And, you know, they dropped the game yesterday in the last second to uh, the Vikings, but they're still, you know, squarely in the playoff hunt. So, Dude, all that, all those injuries, and they still, I mean, they – very likely or very possibly could have won that game yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um I don't know, man. It helps the Cowboys as far as seeding goes. I don't know. I, I, I was ready to, to anoint the Packers uh, a couple of weeks ago and then Aaron Rodgers to talk to Joe Rogan and the rest is history. <laughs> Are we disrespecting the fact that the Colts the Colts have two losses not the Colts, I'm sorry. The Cardinals have two losses. One of them coming on kind of a boneheaded play by AJ Green. Like the Cardinals 
you know, you don't give away a win in this league, but very easily could have won that game. Um, and then they've been without Kyler for like three weeks and fucking Colt still putting up wins. Colt is two and one. He had a good game yesterday. Yeah. He put up numbers. I had the, uh, the hot take a few, few years ago that he was the best backup in the league. And then like wrong. I, and then he had like the weird leg. Remember that where his leg almost snapped. I don't know how it didn't snap. He had the broken leg. Yeah. Um, and I thought that kind of derailed his career. I didn't know if he would ever play again. And then. Here he is now. I mean, two and one is including a couple road wins. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. Him and um, I would probably say him and Dalton. Uh, I don't know what backup would be a better scenario. Yeah. Maybe Garrett Gilbert. I don't know. Dylan, what your thoughts are. Not even on a, not even on a roster right now. How ridiculous is that? That's dude. It's sad. What did he, I mean, why is he blacklisted? He's one of the, he almost beat the Steelers last year. Dude can't catch a break. He really can't. Unbelievable what that University of Texas did to his career. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, you guys didn't got any other NFL notes? That's all I got. Okay. Before we uh, hop into college, let's talk Headspace, our good friends at Headspace, mm-hmm. an app that we all love, we all used before we even had them uh, sponsoring the show. With the stresses of this last year, it's important, more important than ever, to practice living healthier and happier lives. Our thoughts can be confusing enough. Meditation doesn't have to be. Headspace is your convenient dose of meditation, mindfulness, and sleep exercises to relieve stress and anxiety and help you get a good night's sleep all in one app, making it easy to catch your breath and make time for your mental health. And it's one of the most science-backed meditation apps in the world, proving meditation works. You know, a study showed that in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. We both believe that I because believe we it. were doing it before. Yeah, I've been using this um, app for quite a while, actually. Um, as a beginner who kn- knew nothing about meditation, I wanted a beginner's walk through a guide and, and teach me how to do it. And it did so, and it was very effective. That 14% number, I absolutely believe it. Probably higher for me. I think tonight I'm going to go home and get a Medi off. Maybe a little, little SOS, maybe just something, you know, a quick breather, something to relieve the stress, bringing around, bringing about a moment of peace amongst my chaos that is this crazy podcast life, you know? I hear you, Dave. I think you should, man. Find some Headspace at headspace.com slash bang and get one month free of their entire meditation library. This is the best Headspace offer available, so go to headspace.com slash bang today, headspace.com slash bang. Uh, college football. KJ, how you feeling? I mean, let's start with just Ohio State. I feel like that's a uh, – I, I wrote in SMU first, but I think Ohio State deserves proper credit. Um, after dropping that game to Oregon and really kind of having some shaky games early in the Big Ten schedule, everybody's been kind of meh on Ohio State, and they've just kept cooking. Um, but they hadn't had a game like they had this weekend, hell. They never had a game like that against Michigan State. Michigan State's never had a game like that. Um, it was an absolute clinic offensively. And then Michigan State just kept fucking the ball away. Like, that, that, that's an unnecessary curse in there, but, like, it <laughs> was ugly. Yeah, I might have to walk back a couple things I said about Stroud to uh, start the year. I don't I think I was kind of critical of his uh, passing abilities. Everybody was. Yeah, uh, that dude is a monster. He looked really – I mean – it was Oregon, right? He looked very poor against Oregon, and now he's who, as far as like the Heisman goes, like who who else is up there with him? I, I think it's gonna it's assuming they don't drop you know a game to Michigan next week, which I'm fully amped up to see now. Um, it's probably going to end up being him. I think he's got the benefit of having three of the top five receivers in the nation, you know, uh, on his team with Chris Olave. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and the other one that I always, I think it's like Garrett Wilson. Uh, they're loaded at receiver. There's a play that Olave made. It wasn't a touchdown, but it was like over the shoulder falling out of bounds where if Stroud throws it in line with the receiver or within five yards in bounds, it's cleared away a touchdown. So uh, he's getting kind of what the Alabama quarterbacks have benefited from in the last few years where you just got so many weapons. It's just not even fair. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I've been this haunt for uh, a big 10 game. Like I am for Michigan, Ohio state in a long, long time. 
Um, I don't even know if I have a preference who wins this. Um, I don't like Ryan Day's face, so I guess I lean towards Harbaugh, even though he's one of the most unlikable coaches in the nation. Yeah, he doesn't have a likable face either. He needs this so bad. Oh, yes. He needs it, man. Uh, Michigan's one loss, right? Yeah. That one loss, obviously, to Michigan State. No. To Randy. To Purdue? Spoiler. Mm -hmm. No, it was was Michigan State. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking Purdue uh, beat Iowa and uh, Michigan State, not Michigan and Michigan State. Purdue's just been so excellent this year. You can't even remember. Their wins just, you know, they all run together. Some real signature wins. Um, Okay. Well, uh, anything else happened in the state of Ohio that we need to talk about? Like anything else? Unfortunately so. Now, I I don't mean this in any way as like a shot um, at how Dylan handles – like criticism of a team he loves. Like not only am, am I like kind of cut from the cloth of like all of the teams I've ever liked have always been losers. Like, so it just does not affect me. just washes over me. You're built different. This game with my uh, uncles down in Red Oak, you know, about an hour South of here uh, at my uncle's ranch or whatever. That scene doesn't matter as much to under, except to understand that I couldn't go anywhere else away from, the absolute gut shots, every like gut punches every single time Cincinnati would score. My uncle would look over. He's like, y'all got any players in the NFL? He's like, what, what? He's like, where'd all these wins come from? It just nonstop, just laying it on. Like this team is terrible. Left and right. Any way he could. I left the room when it was like 35, nothing. He came in. He's like, Hey, good news. You guys scored. And I go in there and it's getting reviewed and it was overturned. (laughs) We scored. He comes back in the other room after, again, um, I've completely stopped watching the game by the fourth quarter. He's like, Hey, your coach is giving the team a pep talk. Start of the fourth quarter. This might turn it around. <laughs> it was an ugly day. Cincinnati's good. We knew they were good. SMU would have had to play their absolute best game to keep it close. And they by far played the worst game they played all year. They look uh, like a team that knew this may be the last time they, you know what I mean? Like they knew their coach might be on his way out. Like they're reading this stuff. The, the, the problem I have with that is we don't have a particular, particularly young team. So like for Tanner Mordecai, he could declare for the, the draft if he wanted to, if they go up there and show out, like it matters more to him that they look good. Same thing with Reggie Roberson. Um, Rasheed Rice, I think is a sophomore. We were missing our number one wide receiver this year. Didn't, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but we have enough experience on that team that they would have benefited more by playing well than from having their feelings hurt that, oh my gosh, our coach is going to leave us in three weeks. Like it shouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. This was probably the most disappointing game of the week for me, just cause I looked forward to watching it. Cause I thought it was going to be a, a shootout. Um, SMU seems to find themselves in those kind of games a lot. And Cincinnati had kind of played a little bit down to their mm-hmm. to their opponents the last few weeks. You're waiting for them to blow somebody out, impress the committee. And, I mean, if you're going to blow somebody out, that's a two-loss SMU team, right, um, at yep. the time coming in that is pretty well-respected. Like you said, Mordecai is like top five in passing yards or something. He's definitely going to get drafted if he, if he goes. Um, but, yeah, that was disappointing. That was not good at all. Yeah, the fact that they played closer games with like Tulsa and USF just does not look good for us because we'll play Tulsa next week and we don't play USF this week, but we probably would have beat both of those teams by 30 or 40, and then we just turn around and just, you know, pee down our leg. Um, Somebody else who did that same thing, old uh, Cam Rising, uh, had himself a day out there in Salt Lake City. What'd he do? Ran all over Oregon. Dude, Oregon. absolutely oh, just dismantled right. Oregon. Hence my pun, Oregon, because they're no longer in the college football wow. playoffs. That was good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, on Jaquindon watch. Didn't didn't really uh, didn't materialize, but I was still I was still monitoring the situation. <laughs> it was uh, my first full Pac-10 like experience, and they were forcing in backstories on players like I'd never real like never before. Cam Rising's been around this program for so long, and he actually came to the program for this, that, and the other. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just highlight that they had three quarterbacks straight out of Texas? Like, it just makes no sense. Like, why take the long way here? And 
Oregon got embarrassed. They weren't favored on the road. Utah got way more respect than I thought they should have. I'm glad I picked Utah, but that was just ugly. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Kayvon Thibodeau be like, all right, well, we'll play through the Pac-10 championship, and if uh, for some reason they don't make it, I'll see you. As he should. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be playing. Um, or Pac-12, I said Pac-10. And then Florida has fired Dan Mullen. Man, I, th- I thought about you when I saw the news, KJ. I don't know at what point I became like a Dan Mullen apologist or defender. Certainly wasn't my goal at any time in recent history, but shout out to the Georgia fan base who uh, was very vocal about how much Florida sucked and it was Dan Mullen's fault because apparently Florida listened. Um, What would you think if Sark said, you know what, fuck this shit, I'm going to go to Florida? Oh, no, don't go. I mean, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. I mean, I, I, I think I might trade Sark for Dan Mullen at this point. That's how bad, that's how bad I'm, I'm – I don't know. Um, $20 million buyout for the record. For who, Sark? For Sark. That's 20, right. $20 million. And I think that's one of those where, like, if he were to take another job, it, it doesn't even matter. Like, it's just straight up probably. I think that's right, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you were oh. to leave on his own, then there's no buyout. You know, we weren't we weren't going to talk Texas, but I mean, since you brought them up, yeah, that's fine. I have no I have no problem talking Texas. Yeah, they lost to four and six West Virginia on the road to extend their losing streak to six six games, uh, the worst since 1956. Oh, um, yeah, it's uh, the team has just <laughs> completely given up. I think coaches are lost, and I think everyone's just wanting the season to be over at this point, which it will be soon, thankfully. Uh, Worst season in my lifetime as a Texas fan, of course. It's ugly, Dave, and I don't know uh, how he's going to get recruits to uh, buy into this and, and turn it around. So I, don't, I think he might get a couple of years, and if he doesn't have um, a significant improvement next year, seven-ish wins, eight wins, something like that, I think he's probably out the door. I've probably said it before, but I don't think, barring something off the field, you can't get rid of him after one year. Obviously, and because a, if you're Texas, that's really, really embarrassing. Not not to mention very, very expensive. And um, I was talking to Club Cool's Barrett Dudley, a Texas fan, a Texas alum, and I was like, man, maybe the best thing for them is to get a little bit humbled, or majorly humbled, I should say. And you're still you still have the name of Texas, and you can still get some top recruits, maybe, but to get some guys that. Three stars, some guys that are not getting recruited by all these other schools who are dogs, um, who just want to play ball and aren't, you know, don't have, don't, you know, the, the, they talk about Texas becoming like the country club atmosphere and people get here and um, they think they've made it, right? We'll get guys that are a little bit hungrier and that can completely change the culture. Texas has plenty of, you know, mid tier guys. I have plenty of three stars. The problem with this, one of the big problems with the team is no talent, actually. I mean, no, no depth. At pretty much every position. I mean, there are a couple stars here and there. Bijan's a stud. Worthy's a stud. Um, Where was Hudson there's Carr? Like, there's like one one guy in defense who's pretty good, overshone. Uh, then it's just like a bunch of guys. I mean, I feel like year in year out, they always have a top recruiting class, top top twenty. They usually have, they usually have a top ten recruiting class. Yeah, but it's you know <laughs> that, that that's that's just coming out of high school that doesn't mean they're actually going to perform when they hit the i don't know man it's it's a mess and they, they need i i think that with them <laughs> we're at a loss of i don't know what to say anymore man it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most inexplicable like implosion i've ever seen in year one of a team yes. again i the context of it like had he started off oh and six like would people have called for his head like after the first the the fifth loss like probably, but I don't think he would have gotten run. And then had he finished off like in a four and streak, like would people have then believed in him at the end of the year? And I'm like, maybe, maybe not. not it doesn't matter. Cause that's not how it played out. It played out the opposite. So I think for them to turn it around, you're going to have to get the quarterback position. Absolutely. Right. And they've got to figure out is it Caleb Williams or not in the way, not Caleb Williams. Is it um, what's the quarterback's name? Casey, Casey Thomas. Thompson. 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 What, yes. Um, 
Is it him? Is it Hudson Card? If it's neither, they've got to go find a transfer and get somebody in there because those will be found. Like without question, hell, Spencer Rattler will be out there. I don't think he's that guy either, but you've got to go get a quarterback and it's got to go from there. Um, of the big names that keep popping up for jobs, I, I bitched about this earlier because I don't care to figure out who's coming to SMU quite yet. If, if Sonny Dykes does in fact go to TCU, I am just genuinely curious, like where's the first domino going to hit for LSU, USC, Florida, and any other big job that comes open. I don't think there's a name out there that could come in and make Texas say, you know what? This guy is our no brainer guy. Like, Bill O'Brien is probably going to be one of those sought-after names for college football in the offseason, I think. He's offense coordinator now at Alabama, former head coach at Penn State, and then at Texas or Houston Texans. Um, and then Georgia's defense coordinator is going to get a job. He interviewed for Kansas last year, um, and they gave it to Lance Leopold from Buffalo, and I think that was the right decision. Younger guy, like young, for, low 40s. Um, but has been a stud D coordinator coached under Mel Tucker and then also Saban and, and Gary um, and then Kirby smart. So I don't think he's in line for Texas, the Texas job. What I'm getting to is there's not a name out there short of, I don't know, like it's going to sound ridiculous, but like short of like an urban Meyer type situation where somebody who's an established name is just going to come in and big D that program. Like it's just not going to happen. You're stuck with what you got. And you got to go get a quarterback. Yeah. And it's kind of the same story for Florida. Everything we just said, say it's Florida. I agree. And And Texas is one of these programs whose like fan base won't settle for like an up and coming guy. They want someone who's already established. Like I think Baylor's done an incredible job of finding guys like that. Yep. A random Matt Rule, guys like that. Texas is kind of stuck in their way. I don't know. Maybe maybe Sark fits that bill just a little bit, but yeah, there's no there's no slam dunk big splash hire out there that Texas could get right now, which I, I would have I would have said differently just to, even a few years ago. But it's just the program's in total disarray. It's ugly. Do you guys give any like uh, credence to the thought that like the change that Austin as a city is going through has impacted? the University of Texas. And by that, I mean, it's become more difficult to be accessible for families to come down and stay and see games or for kids to see it as like a college town per se. Like I don't believe in that much, but that's also because I'm kind of jaded by like SMU is a nothing school and university park in a tiny town inside of Dallas. And like, you'll still have your core culture wherever you go. Um, I don't think you need to be in College Station to be able to kind of build this huge behemoth. You think that has anything to do with it? The fact that Austin is becoming like a big city. I've I've had thoughts like that in the past. Like it's losing. It's like I don't think Austin's ever been a college town per se. It's always been a city with a huge university in it. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's becoming just it's becoming much more like you know a metropolitan area than just a a city with a, a big university. So maybe there's something to that. And what you said about, um, sorry, serious activated on my computer for some reason, um, about it being like less affordable to go watch your kid play there. There might be something to that. I don't know. Yeah. I doubt that recruits take that into account when they're making their decisions, but you know, and it, I certainly don't think that it's infecting like their performance, but I'm sure it is a problem. People can bitch about. I mean, if I was a, if I was a stud athlete coming out of high school, a lot of these kids are coming from small towns too, you know? So, I don't know if I'd be super excited about the the prospect of playing in a big city. I wouldn't. Yeah, maybe so, man. Who uh, knows? Definitely doesn't explain how UTSA is undefeated. <laughs> Unrelated, and it makes no There's no reason for me to say that. But shouts to the Roadrunners. Shout out Jeff Trailer. Um, that's about all I got. Um, Baylor good win on the road. Lose their quarterback to a hammy. Mm. But uh, backup Blake Shapin comes in. I think he's like a baseball football hybrid guy. So you'll be seeing him on the diamond. Uh, he was awesome, like legitimately good. Um, reminded a lot of people of Charlie Brewer in that he uh, is a white guy who can run. Um, that's all Twitter was just ma- like, oh, is that Charlie out there? No, it's not Charlie. He doesn't play for the team anymore. Um, but yeah, it was, that was a good win. Manhattan, not an easy place to play. Kansas State's a good team. Um, man, if Baylor doesn't have that loss to TCU, man, 
That's it's, who do you think feels more that way? Baylor to TCU or Ole Miss losing to Auburn, who's, you know, definitely not what they should have been. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, I think Oklahoma state is like above and beyond everybody in the big 12 right now. Like, I don't know that Baylor, that Baylor game with Oklahoma state was, I mean, that was just two very similar teams. It was ugly, but like big yeah. 10, not bad team, but just Baylor hung in there in Stillwater too. And they may get a, if, if, if Bedlam go, works out the way I think it will in Oklahoma state, they should destroy OU. God, the There's team, so much better. The teams that Texas was losing to before Kansas ended up being so like pretty good teams. Like, we talked about this last week, these last two weeks, man. No excuse. Sorry, I'm still stuck on it. We, we <laughs> no, I, on. I get it, man. I get it. Um, yeah, but uh, Baylor, you could we could have a Oklahoma State Baylor rematch in the Big Twelve title game if if OU can lose, which I think they will. They should. We've said that before. It's Bedlam. <laughs> really fun game. Uh, that's all I got on college. Same. Any other notes, tidbits? Can we talk about our good friends at Coinbase? Please do. If you've been looking to level up your financial portfolio, it's always good to diversify. Why not think about cryptocurrency, Dylan? You heard of this? Oh, like I'm not in the game already, David. Backed by the world's leading investors, Coinbase keeps your portfolio safe and secure while adding crypto into the mix. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency I've been using it. I didn't know anything about crypto. And then the first thing I did was download Coinbase like year, year and a half, two years ago. I'm in the same boat. I still don't know a whole lot about crypto, but I am a <laughs> Coinbase user and have been since the jump. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash bang. Sign up at, sign up at coinbase.com slash bang for $10 in free Bitcoin. This is a limited time offer, so sign up today. Coinbase.com slash bang. 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 We're going to do something a little different here. We're going to take this sports party, which I think we all want to do. We're going to kind of combine it into a combat sports minute because we got Ooh. heavy combat sports. This is just going to be the, this is going to be little Woodrow's after a McGregor fight. This is just going to be so much testosterone. You don't want to look at somebody the wrong way. Dylan, be careful. You're on Cabeza watch here. Are you kidding me? I would never joke about Cabeza watch. Let me put my affliction shirt on. Go right ahead. Did you ever own an affliction shirt? Be no. honest. What no, about no, tap no, out? No, no, no. What about tap out? No. What about Ed no. Hardy? No, not at all. Not at all. I was, uh, in that era, I was, uh, very college poor and my go-to is, was buying what I would term disposable shirts. I would go to target, buy a $10 graphic custom, you know, t-shirt or whatever. I probably said like seven up on it or some shit, wear it and then, you know, leave it wherever. You're just leaving shirts. (laughs) Just one, one time wear only. You don't grow up looking at, you know, superstars like Allen Iverson and not try to emulate them in some form or fashion. Are you the kind of guy, are you, like, you don't want to be photographed if you're wearing, like, an outfit that you had worn in another photograph? Like, I just, I was just Wait, photographed you, in this two weeks ago. You bought I probably was shirts. that guy. I'm definitely not that guy now. And you simply left them. Hey, KJ left his shirt again. Oh, yeah, he didn't I'm, want to I'm, get, I'm not gonna, get rid of it. As this is the Combat Sports Minute, I will, uh, I will cop to uh, having been in an occasional bar fight or two. And so uh, there was one time outside of a bar in Greenville, winter, similar to this, that a, a person just unannounced, unnecessarily, basically two-handed shoved me out of the way and continued to walk. And I about lost my ass. And, you know, the bouncer saw it and he's like, hey, man, you can't do that in here. I was like, all right, I'm going to go outside. And I thought it was wise to stand outside and wait on said fight to occur, and then remove my shirt while waiting on said fight to occur. Oh, shit. It was a bad decision. All did around you, bad Did decision. you fight the guy? Uh, Yeah, eventually. How did it go? It, I mean, it went fine, and then the managers came and broke it up, and they were trying to, like, pin me down, say I, like, escalated this situation. 
you know, allegedly for hypothetical entertainment purposes only this didn't happen. I may have thrown a punch at the manager and then then all hell really broke loose and I had to like skedaddle. If you if you yeah. if you're about to engage in a bar fight and some dude is already like without shirt, he pops top. You don't want that smoke. That's that's a guy who's willing to do anything to win a fight. I was I was uh, to quote maybe one of my favorite lines ever heard on the Wash Media Network. Great Sally to freeze. She said on last week's mail in, I was a complete shithead in my twenties. I've never felt seen in any more ways than that one. <laughs> uh, I think I think most people would agree. Used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so where do we start? We can start with uh, the actual combat sports minute. Yes. Because we may have seen the last of uh, Sean Porter as he his corner throws in the towel against Terrence Crawford, Bud Crawford, Nebraska zone, pound for pound, one, two, or three, depending on who, whose list you're looking at. He's awesome. And he TKOs Sean Porter. And you know what? I think if you looked at the cards, I have not looked at the judges' cards, but it was a very close fight. I think Sean Porter was winning that fight up until that that moment, but that's what Terrence Crawford does. He just kind of waits, figures it out, gets your timing down, and if a guy lunges into you and uh, he's got your timing, you're in a lot of trouble. So, shout-out to him. Sean Porter's a really fun fighter because he, just, he gets in there. He got in there with Errol Spence and did the same thing uh, last year, and he's not afraid to move forward on a guy. Um, and, yep. and bring the fight to them, and that's what you want to see. You don't want to see somebody who's just trying to be a counterpuncher against these guys. Uh, He's but, a showman. Huh? He's a showman, too. He makes the work up to the fight or the build-up to the fight entertaining, for sure. Yeah. He may not like him, but it, he keeps it engaging. And shout-out to his dad, who is his uh, trainer, who uh, low-key just called him out for not being prepared. <laughs> Flat like, outside, my son wasn't ready. <laughs> okay, dude. Um, and also, like that, I think I heard that Porter like basically said that's it for him. He's hanging him up. Mm-hmm. And he said I stood toe to toe with Crawford. I'm proud of what I, you know, the performance I put on. I'm okay walking away from boxing at this point. I'm sure that means he'll get a fight at some point. This isn't a, you know, got embarrassed and he's out of there. But he's like 37, I think. Yeah, he's had plenty of title shots. Um he's held belts before. Not a I mean, look, great career. Good for him. Shout out to him. But the real fight, the fight that dominated the TL the last 24 hours. We've got one LeBron James versus Isaiah Stewart of Detroit Pistons fame. And I should say this wasn't even a fight. This was just one man, one man catching a catching a rogue elbow and a, apparently a back fist. I'm not really sure which one landed, which maybe they both did. And then and then just one guy losing his shit. Amazing. We just had I mean, he was a bloody pulp. He was a bloody crime scene. And shouts to the bystanders on the court keeping this dude at bay. He had like like fifteen hold me back guys, and thankfully because he was he was out to he was breaking tackles. He wanted to throw to throw hands big time with LeBron. That could have gotten ugly, and it would have escalated big time. So props to everyone who for uh, controlling the situation. Uh, what's LeBron's deal, man? That was a very intentional bow. Yeah, I'd say at six, I'm looking up uh, Isaiah Stewart, six, eight, two fifties, 20 years old. I'm, you know, have nothing but respect for LeBron and, and what the outcome of that fight might be if it were someone closer to his age. But uh, I'm not trying to fuck around with 20 year olds who are bleeding and have lost their absolute mind. Because uh, again, I once was one of those 20 year olds. Like, I don't know what the hell LeBron was thinking. Or if it was one of those where he tried to throw it and maybe he didn't think that that would be the outcome where he busts some dude's face open. Um, but that's not a good look. Uh, regardless of what wow. Isaiah Ford did after, LeBron's got to own it and be like, you know, that's got to be a suspension beyond just that game. Yeah, Man, I thought I had it, and then I realized I was looking at a tweet from at Bleacher Report. <laughs> so um, that is, I'm really glad I didn't read that into the record because that would have been very embarrassing. What if, uh, just let's pretend like you had read it. What would it have sounded like? Isaiah Stewart will receive a 14 game suspension and a forty five thousand dollar fine. LeBron will receive a fifteen thousand dollar fine, no suspension. Um, this, I mean, <laughs> what's the point? What is the point? What's your end game? Just a fake, a fake Bleacher Report account. It's not even a parody. They're just trying to fool people. It's not even funny. Uh, shout out, follow him. 
Shout out to the trainer or coach who was literally trying to hold him back, grabbing onto his leg. (laughs) That's so good. It's not worth it. It's not worth the breakdowns that the the timeline had going. Like Tyron Lou was just praying that nothing happened. Like he was full hands, completely extended. Like we get it. It was LeBron's fault. And LeBron looked like the kid who you just caught, like, you know, watching a nudie movie and you walk in the living room and he's trying to explain to you there wasn't, he was, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Like, yeah, completely. I don't, I don't know why this guy's so angry right now. What's going on? I said, I'm this, sorry. Kind of made the same gesture at, um, oh God, I forget his name. His old, uh, J.R. Smith mm-hmm. when he didn't, didn't shoot the ball in that playoff game. And he was like, look at him, like his hands are like, what are you doing? He kind of made that same gesture toward this dude. Like, like it wasn't 100% on LeBron when it absolutely was. It was kind of annoying. Yeah. Russ Wilson or Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook was certainly about that smoke though. Yeah. He was, uh, he was in his best, uh, gentleman, Jim Jack boxing stance, uh, ready to, ready to engage in fisticuffs. What was that? He he definitely got into the whole, you know, pull up your shorts, you know, fully like getting ready position, ready for it. And Rondo was like halfway off the court looking back, or maybe those two spliced videos. I've seen so many fake ones at this point, but Anthony Davis is the question mark here. Um, and, or, um, who's their other big man that they've got on the team? Um, Dwight's back there, right? Is he back I in LA? He, I think he's back in LA. Like, yeah, I'm he wondering is. He back. what would have looked, uh, what would have happened if Anthony Davis was forced to get involved? Because he's one of those people who's too long to be like athletic enough in that moment. Well, I just don't want to see him get run up like that, run up on like that. And a lot, I think, is it, can we agree? Like, where do, where do NBA, NBA athletes stand on like, um, ability to fight, fist fight? Like I, I think you know, you'll even hear NBA players like you get your occasional um, Stephen Jacksons, David West, David West. Mm. You get, like, they'll, but they'll be like, yeah, most NBA guys can't fight, and you know, a lot of these guys ca- came up playing AAU ball. They were bigger than everybody. Nobody wanted to try them, probably, and they just never really had to fight. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Davis has never punched anybody in his life. I yeah. wouldn't want to be the guy who finds out though. I, I certainly think that's one of those where, uh, you know, eventually you've kind of got to move to the the mush more than punching. Like you're just pushing people's faces away from you and or going for the chokehold. Uh, that's all you got in your bag. I uh, I always remember the Shaq, the Shaq video. I don't remember who it was, but he threw like this overhand and it was just this just disgustingly ugly punch that if it had landed, it would have absolutely ended the guy's life. But it was just, there was no technical, there was no form on it. It was like, dude, have you never just punched a heavy bag? Like one time, like, I don't know. Shaq Fu was a video game, not a real life thing. I will, Um, I will say, I will say I, I, I've always been fascinated by like LeBron, like thinking about like, okay, LeBron in like the, in like MMA, like, you know, people like LeBron at tight end, that whole fantasy. Yeah. I'm like, LeBron in MMA, if he just trained MMA for a couple years, what happens? So I would love to see it. I'd love to see, see him throw with somebody at some point. Mm. Wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked if he whipped out like a kick or something. He might have that in his bag. Just a nice calf kick to disable the guy's leg. I think that's what you're going to get. You're going to get somebody breaking their shin. <laughs> what? If, okay, sorry. Too many, too many fight <laughs> hypotheticals. But what if like... Somebody was just like a low key jujitsu guy and just get somebody in like a guillotine and just, just chokes them out. Just a tap out. Just full rear, uh, rear mount. I would love it. I would love it. Um, um while, uh, we heard today that our economy is on the rebound. There are two unfortunate, well, I guess one's not our economy. Uh, unemployment's risen by two out there. Uh, because both uh, Luke Walton has lost his job as well as Manchester United's manager. Completely unrelated, but I had about as much to say about both situations. So I was like, eh, they happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work out for Luke Walton. I mean, he's, he's been in this position before. The Kings are ass, and that's a really fun team. They've got the Baylor kid, Davion Mitchell, who I thought, I still think is going to be a really, really good player. But um, Buddy Hill, right? Yeah. Yeah, they've got talent out there. But, they've got a know. ton of talent. Harrison Barnes, former Mav great. Um, who got sacked, KJ? Uh, 
Great question. I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name. I just love that you could find the word KJ in his name. Sulkshire, I'm going to say, but that's probably not right. We'll have to look to lad football, bruv, on how to pronounce that. Dylan nodded Dylan like he better than any of us could do. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I would have pulled that one out. Wait, the Kings fired Walton this early in, into the season? Correct. Yeah. Sheesh. Weren't, wasn't he up for some uh I thought his name was getting run out there to get fired like through the offseason. Like, I guess for disrespecting a female reporter or like maybe I don't recall the story to properly Kemp spin this, but I think he was on thin ice already. Okay. Um, did you see Lewis Hamilton's helmet uh, for the race and cutter? No, I did not. I did watch the end of the race. I didn't notice this though. Absolute flames, uh, the design that he ran out there. His helmet uh, was essentially rainbow, but it was the progressive pride uh, support flag. So up the entire front mask or front visor of his helmet and over his helmet, uh, he had a rainbow. Oh, that's tight. As uh, in Cutter, uh, relations between uh, same sex. I should have thrown a picture in the. uh, I got it up on. That's on me, Randy. Relations between same-sex couples or people is punishable by prison and or death and cutter. Uh, so going in and protesting, you know, on yeah. main like that, that's a big balls move. And the uh, F1 is headed to the UAE, to Saudi Arabia, either next weekend or the weekend after that. He plans to wear it there as well. He's going to the uh, kingdom? He's going to the kingdom. And Uh-oh. I don't think... Uh, you know, we talked about Peng Shui, who is notably, I don't know, been found or done some interviews with uh, uh, the, the World Tennis uh, Association. But athletes aren't outside the realm or the reach of some of these huge countries and governments who absolutely don't play that shit. And so, his canter. And his canter for primary, yes. Like, I don't think he can go. I know he can't go back to Turkey. And I think he's I, probably not going to go back to Europe anywhere. Yeah. I know that's we're not talking about the same thing, but he's not going anywhere uh, outside the U.S. I would imagine. What a like, badass! Probably, okay, this is badass. Like, good for yeah. him. Uh, I wouldn't feel safe doing this if I were him. Some more power to him, man. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. Not even gonna say anything. I mean, okay. Yeah. No. He you're, you're. He backed up by getting the dub again. I, you know, I, I caught about probably forty percent of this race, a little bit in and out. Um, Ham or not Hamilton for Stappen got penalized uh, for something that went on during qualifying. So he was racing from behind, but he held a pretty solid 25 to 30 second gap throughout the race. So shouts to Hamilton. I believe the championship uh, is down to the last two races. I think it's like eight points. Hamilton's in second place by like six to eight points or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I saw that. I learned something new every time, and I saw Verstappen had the fastest lap, so he got some points for that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's dude. I'm just a big ground floor F1 guy. A lot of people were, weren't watching it before the Netflix thing. I wasn't one of those people. Man, he, Hamilton I, I feel also, like uh, he also yeah, called all, Cutter. All jokes aside, we have probably uh, not even just from the show, but the amount of time we've actually tried to watch and read on F1 over the last year and a half. We all deserve a pat on the back. So congrats to us. I'm thankful for us. Yeah, we're we're basically the first responders of sports media F1 guys. <laughs> yes, we are, David. Dylan, you had a fun note on Cutter. No, it's not a fun note. I was just saying oh, that no. Hamilton was quoted saying that that Cutter Cutter that you said it's it's it. You want to say Qatar, but it's Cutter. I've heard everybody say Cutter it was one of is said quote one of the worst countries in this part of the world when it comes to human rights issues or human rights issues. Okay. Uh, pretty bold thing to say. And then, man, yeah. good for him, but uh, head on a swivel out there, buddy. Yeah. And then he's my goat. There was the note cat added, but I don't know if this was by me mid thought or somebody oh, else. This was me, big cat. As uh, oh. our Sunday, we were blessed on the TL by one Tiger Woods. Hitting balls again. <laughs> Hitting balls all the range. Okay. The TL. Swinging the club. Yeah, went a little crazy with this, I think. Dude. It's a, it's a cool moment, but 
Okay, it was cool to see. Oh, go ahead, minimize. No, I'm minimize. Oh, I'm, ha- it. I'm happy to see it. It's just it doesn't it, sound like you are. People are t- talking like like Jesus is you know golf. Jesus has risen. Um, it's it's cool. I don't think he's ever going to be competitive again. <laughs> I hope Randy, I'm wrong. take down this clip. No, I hope I'm wrong. I, mean, I, I love, can't wait. I, I love Tiger. I, just, I can't wait. We're doing this in four years. He is a skinny leg king, by the way. It, I, it's never not shocking to look yeah, at his legs. Yeah, okay. He had a very major leg injury. No, his other leg. I know. His okay. Leg looks the same way. Is he? <sighs> somebody had a good take on the TL. Like, is this going to inspire guys to go with the, the the leg sleeve on the course now? <laughs> like, just the unnecessary sleeve. Like, I kind of want to do it because I am also a skinny leg king. Let me see him uncork a, a big dog before I start to get excited. That was a, a very. Why don't you fucking calm down? I'm he just saying. Dislocated his it's ankle. Like he, put, he showed himself putting. It was a fluid body movement. Like, it was a swing. It no, was it, was a, it was a leisurely uh, pitching wedge. I'm he just had saying. the track man I want, out. I want to see that leg. I want some torque on that leg before I get too excited. I wanted. I want to be excited for this. I'm just not yet. That's all I'm saying. Swing looks sharp, though. It's Tiger. You don't look sharp. I know I don't. You look like a big jerk. Yeah. Anything on the cat, KJ? Did it inspire you? I will. Uh, I will take any photos um, of any people wearing leg sleeves on the course uh, over the next few weeks. I will, I'll keep note of this. Please do. And that concludes our sports party. Before we run it back, dude, shout out to our friends at DraftKings. This Thanksgiving, be thankful for family, food, and free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. A point, Dylan. Seems almost too good to be true. If the sports book is not available in your state yet, you can still get on get in on the Thanksgiving NFL action. Make your first deposit, and you can play free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code WASH. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code WASHED this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if we may do so, let's run it back. We run it back real quick. Explain any, to the folks. Any music for me? Do not? I have any music or for not. you? Do I? Yeah, this is the segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. You got it, Dave? Just you'll get you get some. Okay. Wait, here we go. Make it make it heat. Ooh. Okay. The Cowboys couldn't pull it out. Michael Parsons can't either, as he is dickless. I don't know who wrote that one. It okay. Wasn't me. Luke Combs. Is that really loud? Sorry. Uh, you're good. It, it, you're good. Luke Combs, pretty popular, very mid. I wrote that one. What was the dickless one? Remember I said that uh, Micah Parsons played his dick off. Yeah. I'm sorry. You did say that. I'm sorry for the kids at home. KJ used to buy disposable shirts and simply leave them. It's something I'm still not totally clear about, but I want to know more. Is there just a trail of your shirts across North Texas? <laughs> What's going on? KJ wow. lost his S, in quotes, during a bar fight and popped top preemptively. Dave often daydreams about non-combat sports fighting. Scenarios with LeBron James, correct, I, mean, I do. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing I do. with LeBron James. It's just a thing that I do. It's yeah. totally normal for people. Dylan won't believe in the big cat until he sees someone twerk on that leg. I didn't write that, but I do want to see him uncork a driver and just let one rip before I'm like, okay, he can compete again. That's all I'm saying. You're never going to see him twerk on that leg. I, I, KJ wrote that one. I As thought he, he was... said he wanted to see some torque on that leg. Okay. Um, real quick uh, programming note. Mm-hmm. Given that Thursday is the holiday of uh, our founders and other founders and the original founders and food, live stream will likely not be occurring. Affirmative. No, th- no live stream this week. Sorry. 
So you'll have to look at your family or something. However, having said that, we will have our games and our picks posted in advance of the holiday. So I'll send those out by Wednesday. I feel a hot, hot ass week coming for me. You're due. No, you're due to take a step back. You're due to take a big Gary P. (laughs) I'm I'm sick of the guest. We we need to just we need some dumbass guests. I swear to God, dude, I'm gonna start actually booking guests who just. But you know what? The the ones who don't even pick games ever like don't gamble they're doing great it doesn't yeah. it's just a joke Pete Blackburn went six and three last week shout out to all of us because this is the first week i have to go back and look at last year but i think maybe the second the first or second week that everybody guests included hit their big boy stacks yeah our guest picked uh the big boy stack which is also a regular pick earlier in the segment for that Thursday night game. So we started off like three hours after we made our picks, we were already playing from behind. It was really frustrating. Yeah. There was also the question mark of uh, the line that we had down for UTSA winning by three, which they won by exactly three points. But then the book associated with ESPN had them at three and a half. I had to take David on his good faith and honesty. Mm-hmm. That we got that pick at three points that kept everybody in the game this week. So, oh, so I, I got my big boy stack. Got your big boys, dude. UAB is oh. UAB is no joke. Yeah, whenever there's a push um, or the team, you know, hits the line exactly, I give it to the team that wins the game. So if you would have picked UAB minus three, I would have called that a loss. Dylan, you all over any lines this week? Is that a, a cocaine joke? No, since we're not doing a live stream, I thought maybe you'd want to like. No, I haven't looked at. I haven't looked at lines. Okay, yet. I'm just freaking asking. Okay. Don't have to jump down my throat. But I do um I do rip lines like a ten pound what is it? Like a ten pound bass. A rip lines like a ten pound bass. We yeah. we we broke down that new kid rock song, KJ. I'm sure you've already listened to it. It's really good. Can I do something we'll all hate by adding one more talking point before the end of this podcast? I love that. Uh, I have to clear it with Randy. Rory McElroy. Speaking of ripping lines. <laughs> Rory McElroy. Yeah, what is he doing? You I got, love it. He it, got so frustrated he ripped his shirt off. He shot 74, ripped his shirt. We've all done that. You've never done that? If I shot 74 ripped my shirt off, it would be out of elation and not out of frustration. That's a good usage of the word elation. Thank you, David. Celebrating. I Since when is he ripping his shirt? There we go. Pure elation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's leave. Are we done? You got any more? Bye-bye. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm.